So, uh, Val, do you want to uh, hear a Ripper Uber story? Um, Here we go. So, uh, this is pretty, uh, well, it's it, it's a bit of no knowledge now. I'll do Uber a bit of, taxis or nah, Uber, Uber Eats? Uber Eats, Uber Eats. So, I jumped in the car a few weeks ago and thought, you know what, stuff it, man. I want to join in on the fun. I've got a few of my mates that do Uber Eats and they're like, come do it, come do it on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever it is. You know, we'll catch up for a coffee after nine o'clock after the promos finish. And, uh, you know, it's just a night that, you know, you make a couple of hundred bucks, right? Pretty cool, though. i got this story. So... I end up having coffee uh, with a mate of mine uh, on uh, on O'Connell Street, and uh, we finished there at about midnight or maybe twelve thirty somewhere there. Anyway, so I jump in the car and I thought, you know what, I'll turn the meter on the way home. You know, not very far to go, and uh, I get a job, and uh, it's Cafe de Villiers. So I go past and I pick up this bag, and uh, I head to Edwardstown. And uh, as I'm cruising through Raglan Avenue, which is the uh, street between Marion Road and South Road, where the 100 Jacks is on the corner, mm. there's a, this guy's address was literally on Raglan Avenue. And I'm cruising and, you know, I'm doing about 50 Ks. You know, the, the car doesn't do any more than that that I've got. And uh, I see this car accelerate behind me pretty quickly and I was like, oh, this could be a police car. So guess what? Red and blue lights go on. I get pulled over, and I, I sort of understand that now it's about quarter past one, and uh, uh, copper jumps out and uh, looks at me, and I look at my uh, Uber meter because my Uber drop off is only thirty five meters, or you know, away, and uh, I was started to get a little bit, you know, I guess shaky about it because I was like, this guy's going to come out and think, you know, something's going on, you know, with the coppers and whatnot, anyway. And uh, cop jumps out and he goes, you know, just a bit of a random drug, alcohol testing, whatever. Yep, no worries. So, you know, blowing the uh, the uh, re, um, the alcohol meter, whatever. Comes up zero. He goes, what are you doing, mate, by the way? Just so, you know, like at this time of the morning. And uh, instantly I thought of the Wog Boy scene, right? And I thought, don't say something stupid like that. You know, you're not going to church at one one fifteen in the morning. And I said to him, look, officer, I'll be honest. I said, you know... Just uh, Uber Eats, <laughs> and uh, I've got 35 meters to get to my destination drop off. And as I say that, I see this guy come out the front of this factory, and I knew it was him, you know. Anyway, and he started to get really rash, like really angry, right? And I was like looking at the copper, and the cop goes, No worries, mate, you have a good night, whatever. So I accelerate, you know, 35 meters down the road. I'm too lazy to walk. And uh, the coppers throw their lights on, and they head off, obviously, got another job. And uh, as they're doing that, uh, I approached the guy and I said, here, mate, I said, uh, here's, here's your uh, order, you know, hope you have a good night. He goes, oh, good, yeah, uh, can you just wait with me for a second? I said, yeah, no worries, what's up? And uh, as the coppers uh, head down the road, they do this U-turn, they come flying past and the bloke that I'm delivering to is like, starts screaming at the cop car, fuck you, you fucking dogs, trying to take my fucking chalky donut. And I said to him, Tell me that's a chocolate donut that's in the bag. And he goes, yep. So <laughs> I've done this whole delivery, you know, for a chocolate donut at quarter past one in the morning. <gasps> and he's thinking that the coppers are trying to take the donut from him. So, Oh, no. Yeah, how cool is that for a uh, Uber Eats story? Oh, but anyway. Oh, jeez. Uber Eats, mate. I ordered from it, Uber Eats yeah. a couple of weeks ago, right? Mm. From um, Don't say Hungry Jacks. No, 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 no. Nah, fuck. Come on, man. I'll walk there if I want Hungry Jack. Nah, look. I came home late from work and yeah. um, I said to the wife, listen, don't cook. I, you know, it's, there's no point. I, I'm going to be late. Let's just Uber eat something, right? Mm. Now, one of our go-to places is Saray. Oh, right? yeah. Love Saray. Good. You know, get the meat pack and the, the shish kebab pap. Yeah. Right? Anyway, so I said, let's get uh, Uber Eats. <laughs> mm. 
So I order what we normally order, right? Yep. Really good. Meat, a little bit of that pilaf rice and um, some oh. salad. Really good. Anyway, and the app updates, you know, your order's been picked up by Roger Chush or whatever his name was, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, which I'd be really uh, interested to know what Villy's uh, felt like when a, when a white bloke came to pick up <laughs> the food instead of an Indian. <laughs> anyway, so um, the food, you know, gets picked up and it gets delivered to us. Yeah. I'm like, yep, yeah, great. I'm hungry. It's like, mm. you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock by now. At night, and I went to the front door, picked up my uh, my bag, and I just I held it, and I go, this this just seems really light for two meat packs. Yeah, yeah, very light for yeah. two meat packs. Oh no! Anyway, I walked down the hallway. It was dark in the hallway. I went mm. to the kitchen, and I look at it, and there's a name tag on there, Rachel. <laughs> right, <laughs> and the name right. tag under Rachel says. Quarter chicken, oh. fat chickens. <laughs> now, fat chickens is right across the road from Saray. Of course. So I'm thinking some fuckwit has picked up the wrong order. Yeah. And they've bought me. So there's a Rachel somewhere in the neighbourhood who's, who's just got two fucking meat packs from Saray. <laughs> so I ring Saray up going, listen, um, I've just received this order, yeah. but it's not mine. And the app is saying that it's left your air, your your shop. So, yeah. um, can I figure out what's going on? And they said, uh, "No, your order is still here, sir. Would you like us to, you know, reorder it? Can you order it through the app?" I go, "I've just paid for it on the app. Why the fuck would I reorder it?" Yeah, yeah. So I go, "You know what? Fuck yes." Mm. I cancelled it and mm. I got my, my money back and I ended up just going- Eating a quarter chicken? <laughs> well, the chicken was nice the next day. I did keep it in the fridge. So poor Rachel, like fuck knows if Rachel even got any food mm. wherever she was. Mm. But anyway, we've got a big program, a big pod tonight. Mm. I say program because I keep thinking I'm on the bloody radio. <laughs> um, we've got a big pod tonight. Yep. Um, you know, uh, the last day of July. Where the hell has the year gone already? <sighs> Um, but uh, yeah, special guest. So, what do you reckon? Should we get into it? Let's do it. This is Two Blokes in a Pod. Hey, what is that? The podcast where, well, it's a bit of this, a bit of that. I don't understand. Just blokey laughs and blokey chats. Okay. Whatever it is, let's get started. Petros, like mentioned, uh, we have a special guest on our pod this evening. Uh, well, I mean, you know, depending on what time of day people listen mm-hmm. to our pod, but we're recording now, Monday night uh, evening. Um, and instead of watching the Matildas uh, try and win their last game of the group, mm. uh, we're here recording because we're quite passionate about this. We are. And <laughs> I'm pretty excited too. We Absolutely, absolutely. And and look, so um, I'm going to introduce to you and to all our mm-hmm. listeners uh, the man who's about to come on, uh, who I have known for a very, very long time. Yep. Um, up until recently uh, was the chief in editor for Penthouse Australia, and I do believe he also dabbled in a bit of the American Penthouse as well. Wow. Um, but um, very, very well known in the political sphere, especially mm-hmm. here in South Australia. 
I'm going to introduce to you Damien Costas. G'day, Damien. Yeah, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Welcome back to the pod. And I say back because you were a um, pretty vital interviewee uh, of um, my previous podcast, The Toilet Trash Project, where we pretty much opened up the mic to anything and everything. Um, so I've got you on tonight because I love your brain and the way that you think. Um, and I definitely love your opinions which I haven't been able to see much of because you've been kicked off of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, it, that's what happens when you've got an opinion. Um, and uh, But I think you need to get out more because my brain's not that special, at least. Not as, not as special as it used to be. Not as special um, as it used to be. So, so tell us, what's been going on since we last spoke? Uh, well, you're quite, quite correct. I um, uh, My contract... Came up uh, as editor in chief of um, of Penthouse after almost ten years at the helm. Uh, and you're right, I was I was um, doing the, the US magazine as well from here, um, which wow. was a little difficult during COVID. But um, you know, we did a really good job, you know, turning that around from a uh, sort of a yesterday's uh, magazine to something for the the, the modern man um, and. Uh, I just, look, just, yeah, after 10 years, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, sometimes you just want to see change. Um, COVID sort of brought some other opportunities into the uh, into the sphere, and I just thought, you know what, I've done it long enough now, so uh, um, we're just focusing on other things. So during COVID, wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't the, you know, the adult industry be a bit more thriving with publications and... You know, especially well, you'd, you'd think stuff. so. You'd think so, but we we took the magazine out of that world. Um, it's one of the reasons I was able to turn it around. I mean, um, yeah, no one's going to pay for for nude women. Um, you know, especially that sort of hardcore gynecological exploration that the magazine became in the nineties. Um, you know, we put the editorial back. We, we we started addressing issues that were of interest to to men. Um, and it's interesting, you know, like it, it, the same issues were like 30, almost 35% of my readers were women. Wow. Um, by the time I was done, um, which, which tells you a lot about where sort of, um, that world is at. We put a lot of, um, uh, really interesting content, a lot of very strong opinions. Um, you know, aside from probably Andrew Bolt, we were the only print publication, at least print, print publication to, uh, support George Pell. Um, yep, in, yep. in what went down with, with all that. Um, I thought that judgment in Victoria was an absolute disgrace. Um, and, uh, you know, that would have, that would have been disastrous for not just men, but anyone who was very loosely accused of a crime that they couldn't prove, uh, had that prosecution been allowed to stand. And, you know, the minute it got to the high court, um, certainly all the, uh, the legal brains that I was talking to said, you know, seven nil. There's no way this is going to get up. It's going to, you know, he, he'll be fine. And he was in the end. Um, but uh, we had a really, really uh, difficult time with that, with a lot of people sort of, um, you know, uh, berating us for our opinion. But, you know, that's, that's what you do when you, when, when, when you have an but, opinion, you, you express it. See, and that's the thing with society that, you know, um, they say that we live in a country where we're free to express our own opinion, but are we really free to express our own opinion when the... Well, no, you're not. I mean, no, you're not. I mean, Australia doesn't... 
we don't have a bill of rights like they do in the United States. We we have uh, we have implied rights in our constitution. Um, so, I mean, the legal eagles will argue that that's better because you don't have um, loopy left wing judges sort of um, uh, making up uh, common law or passing judgment on the interpretation of the constitution um, as they do in America. Uh, but at the same time, as you saw during COVID, if the, if the, if the government didn't like what you were saying, they just shut you down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there, there is a pros and cons in terms of what, what you're allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say, um, and how the government can, can effectively shut you down. Absolutely, um, yeah. the, the, the sad thing with Australia is, you know, I was actually having this conversation with somebody else today. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was growing up and, and I'm your age, as you know, yeah. um, you know, this was the lucky country. We weren't, we weren't the land of opportunity like they used to call America. We, we, were, we were the lucky country. And we were lucky because we didn't have to worry about anything. You know, we had plenty of everything, whether it was farmland, whether it was food security, whether it was energy, whether it was cheap coal to pull out of the ground to make electricity, whether it was, you know, the only thing we ever argued about, certainly in Adelaide, was water. But, you know, I live in Sydney now and we don't argue about water because we've got plenty of it. Um, you know, but we had everything we wanted. And we were lucky like that. And moreover, we had good government. Up until 2007, we had good politicians who actually gave a damn and were, you know, were, were, were acting in the best interests of the Australian people. Uh, and they weren't run roughshod by, by the bureaucracy. Yeah, and I mean, we had, that's what, you know what, and it doesn't, uh, sorry to pause you on that point, because, you know, I've got to uh, make a, a very big fact here that, it doesn't matter which side of government you, uh, well, which side of politics you sat on. We went through a very, very good run from the Hawk era right through to the, um, uh, right through to when Rudd took over. Look, we, we had a good run for 100 years, mate. At the end of the day, yeah, the politicians that served, served in the interests of the people and served in the interest of their constituents and along the, 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 the ideological lines of their party. You know, the, the labor movement supported workers. That's what they were there for. Um, and, you know, the, uh, sad to say, I don't think they do today. Um, you know, they're more interested in virtue signaling and, and you know, there's other nonsense that they carry on about. And then both sides are just as bad as each other. And you can see, and people know that. But the point about the lucky country, is we were so lucky with everything that we didn't have to care. And our apathy got the better of us. That, that very laid back Australian sort of attitude that she'll be right. You know, don't worry. It'll, you know, the, the country takes care of itself. You know, everything takes care of itself. Don't worry about it. Just go to the beach. You'll be fine. Right. That, that doesn't wash anymore. And, you know, there's an old saying that if you don't take an interest in politics, politics takes an interest in you. Um, you know, I say that ad nauseum because it's true. Um, and we're at a point now where it's almost too late, you know, for people to take an interest because we are, we are literally trying to turn around the Titanic. You know, it's so far gone because the, the government and the people that are, in, are, are making the decisions rely on Australia's apathy. Uh, in order to just push this legislation and, and, and stuff through. 
And, you know, you only have to look at the bills that are before the parliament at the moment. You've got a national ID that's going to be uh, being trialled as, of ne- I think, middle of next year. If anything, it might even be in by middle of next year. You've got the um, the new censorship rules. I forget the name of the act, but um, ACMA, the Communication Media Authority, is going to be regulating um, online speech. So, you know, and it's under the guise of, well, mis- you know, we're going to we're gonna basically shut down misinformation and disinformation. Who the hell are you to determine what is true and what is not true? This is 1984 shit. You know, this is, the government is effectively setting up a ministry of truth. Yeah, right. You know, that, now that what's worse is, you know, the Liberal Party are now turning around going, oh, you know, this is, this is nonsense. We shouldn't be doing that. It, mate, it was your policy. <laughs> this was a Morrison policy. Brought it under Fletcher, that moron. Yeah. Right? So, you know, Labor's just picked up and run with it, mainly because they're bereft of any of their own ideas. Um, other than the voice, which you know, that's another that's another story altogether. But you know, free speech, no, no. Whatever we've got left, if anything, will be gone in in a year's time. It's uh, it's mm. shocking to think that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, gone are the days where you could um, comfortably just you know say your opinion, even at work. I mean, I work in a government department and. Um, I have to walk on eggshells, whereas 10 years ago, I could easily just, you know, say, no, you know what, I don't believe in that. Now, and, and you know, before we touch on the topic, um, Damien mentioned The Voice, mm. which is a very hot topic at the moment in Australia. But before, a few years ago, we had the referendum on gay marriage, mm. you know, and was I to express... Well, that, was a, that, wasn't a, that wasn't a referendum. Or the vote, the vote on uh, whether it should be allowed. The plebiscite, yeah, yeah, plebiscite, yeah. So, you know, again, with that, if I was to express my personal opinion on gay marriage, whether it be you know out of spite or whether it be a religious belief or whatever, I was frowned upon because within the government that I within the department I work in, they're all about you know being socialists and and you know, it it just it, it doesn't fit their values. Well, if it doesn't fit your values, then I don't fit here. You know, that's what it's, it came down to. But, hey, Damien, before we get into the next few topics, what I want to touch on, um, you know, just something you mentioned earlier um, around the George Pell stuff and all that. And, you know, in your, in, in your words, how, how do you find the current status of, you know, I, say, I guess government – and Australian society and the way that men are treated as compared to the opposite sex. Now, when I ask that, I'm talking not so much, um, you know, just on the health and all that, but it seems to me that men um, can easily now be accused of anything without any proof that something has happened. Well, unless they identify as women. Yeah, that's right. Unless, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you know, um, like we've recently—that's my, had- that's, that's my that's my defence. To be honest, if if I ever get accused of anything, I'm just going to identify as a woman um, because they'll put me in a women's prison. <laughs> Although that's probably not an intelligent thing to do because I'll probably get raped by another man who's in there who's also <laughs> pretended to be a woman. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Look, I don't think Australia is in a great place. I don't think the West is in a great place. Um, but you know, and this is no reflection on, um, 
on South Australia. Um, but you guys are a little bit behind what's going on. If you if you have a look at what's what's going on, I mean, I live in Darlinghurst in the middle of um, Sydney, which is sort of you know this is where Mardi Gras is. Mardi Gras literally goes past my apartment. Um, every year they, the, the locals call the area Darling It Hurts uh, to give you an idea of the sort of people that live around here um, oh, so but, you're not the you know, type it, of guy no 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 certainly not um, <laughs> well there's, there's, there's this area it's actually quite funny I, think, I don't know if how you listeners are going to appreciate it but you've got Potts Point which they call Poof's Point then you've got Slurry Hills uh, Darling It Hurts and, Hurts, and uh, what's the other one um there's another one around here somewhere that uh, there's basically all the sort of the LGBTIQ alphabet people um, all live in this area. Um, and, you know, you talk about men, um, you know, how's Australia treating men? They're not treating them any better than they're treating their women at the moment. Um, you only have to look at the Moira Deeming in Victoria, uh, the, the, the Liberal MP who, who dared go to a woman's rights March um, and was expelled from the Liberal Party. How dare she support women's rights? Um, you know, where you talk about uh, men competing in women's sports as trans athletes and all that sort of stuff. Mate, I, I don't think it's exclusive to men. I don't think the problems in the West are exclusive to men anymore. Men are certainly treated like shit, especially in the family courts. I mean, we know that. Um, you know, any accusation uh, of uh, any assault is enough to bring down a man. Uh, you only have to look at um, that uh, that case of um, yeah, like the, the, name, like, uh, the Higgins case. The Higgins case. She identifies as Aboriginal now, which is fantastic. Oh wow! Uh, I mean, that just that, that just proves my point. Yeah, I think it was in the paper a couple of days ago. Yeah, so you know, it just um, proves my point. The, the whole world's gone topsy turvy, mate. And the problem is, a lot of these problems are being imported from the United States, right? That, that's that's just a cesspool of shit over there. And we're stupid enough to import their problems. I mean, Black Lives Matter, you know, that, that ended up in Australia. You know, and you've got all these university kids running around like fuck with throwing, you know, like mud pies at statues of Captain Cook in the middle of Sydney, right, screaming Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. And, you know, we're standing there watching them as spectators and next to me is an Aboriginal guy going, what are they doing? Mm. Like, we don't get it because we didn't have slavery here, right? The whole concept doesn't even exist here. So the problem is we're importing all this shit from the United States, whether it's about the patriarchy, whether it's whatever, right? And then somehow it finds its way into the institutions. It finds its way into the legal system. It finds its way into the bureaucracy. And we're all kind of sitting back going, hold on, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. yeah. You know, because if, if you blink for a minute, you miss it. There's a new topic out. Now they're shutting down, you know, you've got all these bookstores, um, you know that are, that are that are promoting these. Uh, I don't know if you're seeing it in South Australia yet, but there's these books that are aimed at four and five year old kids, um, teaching them literally illustrated books. I mean, my my magazine not the wasn't uh, as, not the Yumi Steins ones. I don't know what the, the yeah, mate, I haven't read them, to be um, You know more about them than I do. They're teaching kids about anal sex and rimming. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah mate. There was a, so there was a big deal about it because they were being sold in bloody Big W in the kids' book yeah, correct. section. Yeah, we well, spoke the big about that last week. Pulled, yeah, Big W pulled them. Thank God for that. Yeah, same right? here. I mean, same here. It, was a, it was a massive controversy. I mean, I don't. My kids, 
every Saturday we go for a trip to Big W and they love looking through the um, the book section. If they were to come across something like that, mate, I would burn the fucking store down. Mm. That shit <laughs> is not for a five and a seven-year-old boy to know how well, to this- suck another kid's dick. Yeah, and this is the problem. Again, it's all coming out of the United States, right? Um, you know, which has just become Babylon as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, and, it's, and it's finding its way here. It's finding its way into the education system. Um, you know, I mean, my kid's at a private grammar school, um, and he's, in, he's only four years old. He's in the preschool there. He's been there for two years. And when he was three, he's four now. He's about to turn five. But when he was three, three and a half, he came home, and we believe it or not, we don't actually talk politics in the house. Um, uh, one, because I try and leave my, my work at work, and two, because my wife hates it. Um, and, uh, you know, we try and keep it light. So he, there's no way he would have heard this from me. Uh, but he came home from school, and um, they had just come back from some NAIDOC week sort of ceremonial burning or something like that that the Aborigines do. And he said, Daddy... Did you know that white people are very bad for stealing the black people's babies? No. And I, and I, I mean, I, I, we've never even used the word white person in the house, let alone black person. Mm. We just don't talk like that, right? If anything, we, I mean, yeah, if I, if I, if I talk about superheroes one more time, I'm going to shoot myself in this house. I mean, we don't talk about anything other than whatever interests him. He's an only child, right? Yeah. Um, so the fact that they're teaching him that shit you know, at three, to hate your country, to hate your your skin color, you know, to feel guilty, um, you know, and then uh, then he comes home uh, a few months ago, uh, having been read a book called "My Shadow Is Purple" or "My Shadow Is Pink" or something, you know, teaching kids that it doesn't, you know, you may not necessarily be the gender to which, you know, you know, well, your genitals don't define your gender or whatever it is that they're teaching them. How the hell is you know, I, I, you know, but this is the point. He's four years old. He doesn't know what his genitals do. He knows his willy is for weeing. That's it. And then when he's done with that, he goes and plays with his Iron Man toys. You, you understand? Kids are kids. It's a bit like it's bad enough they've got Pornhub to contend with when they start coming across that shit way too early. You know, when we were younger, we had magazines. You know, and VHS, you know, porn tapes, which you couldn't get your hands on if you wanted oh, to. I had anyway. the magazines I found in my dad's. Uh, <laughs> in my dad's. Everybody, garage. everybody found them in the dad's garage. Oh. One, you know, one of the best things about about being editor in chief of Penthouse, I used to love it because you go to these these, these political functions and you introduce yourself, and the people look and they see your name tag says Penthouse Magazine, and naturally all the guys there start living vicariously through you. <laughs> and it didn't matter who they were. It, it didn't matter who they were. I used to ask them all the same question, you know, when they start playing coy. I go, you know what? I bet you remember the first time you ever laid eyes on a penthouse magazine, right? And every single one, and I can tell you some very, very famous people that I've said it to, um, they'd look at you and they'd go, yeah, I do actually. I was in my dad's garage. And they start telling you the story, right? Because <laughs> it was a rite of passage. It was, a, it, it was your learning you understand? And you are old enough to look at it and go, oh, my God, I'm actually aroused by this. Okay? Oh, too good. If, too if good. My, my, kid, my kid still sees my wife in the shower. He doesn't think anything sexual of it. No, of course He's not. only four, for God's sake. What, why are they teaching them to lick another kid's asshole and call it rimming? Mm. You understand? So to answer your question, look, 
I don't think it's the case of men being being shit on anymore. I think um, that when we know that they are, and I don't think the system is getting any better for men. I think women are now starting to suffer at the hands of men as well, especially ones that you know put on a dress and call themselves women. The fact that you can have Senator Alex Antic from South Australia sit in Senate estimates and look at the head of the Department of Health in the eye and say, what is a woman? And the head of the Department of Health can't actually answer the damn question. A human adult female. Very simple answer. Mm. He goes into this long prose about what is a woman and how people can identify. No, 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 that's not the case, mate. And all of this shit's coming out of the United States. It's scary, very scary times that we're living in. And, you know, we've often mentioned it here on this podcast that, you know, we are of the belief and, 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 and you know, true fact that um, men have a penis and women have a vagina and that is it. That yeah. is it. And in the very, very rare case, there are people that are born with both, but that's very rare. Mm. It's men have... But no one, no one... But mate, if, if people want to dress as a woman, there's been cross-dresses for years. Right, oh, cross dresses, drag queens. You know that's Lola. A, remember that walks like a woman and talks like a man. Great yeah. song, right? Uh, it's been, it's, it's, you know, and no that's one. That's a cares. lifestyle, though. That's not uh, you know that that's just something that people did as a you know as a lifestyle, like a after hours lifestyle. Would I'd say by but, day but they were a man. Not, and mate, by I night. don't care. I don't care if you want to dress as a woman. Good luck to you. And you know what? Most Australians, Australians for, for all their faults are actually really easygoing people and fairly understanding, okay? They're not, they don't take this shit as seriously, you know, as, as they do in other parts of the world, especially the United States. There's some pretty fundamentalist thinking over there, right? If, 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 if you went, look, as, typical Aussie, okay? You sit in the pub with your mates, right? You get up to go take a piss, right? This six-foot black thing in a dress walks in next to you at the urinal, right, flops out this fucking big eight-inch thing and starts pissing through the dress, right, what are you going to do? Are you going to insult the guy? Are you going to hit him? Or are you going to zip up and go back to your mates and go, mate, you should have seen what I just saw. This six-foot, mate, look, he's coming out now. Check it out. Look at this guy in the dress, right? Mm. That's Aussie. That's how we are. The problem is they've started rubbing it in our faces and You've had all these institutions that have signed up to it for whatever stupid reason. I don't know who's behind it, but it's very well scripted. It's, it's almost too well scripted. for it. Not, this is not an organic movement, what's happening at the moment, right? And it's being forced onto people, and as a result, it's causing division. Mm. And people are looking at it going, mate, you know what? You want to dress as a woman, be my guest, but keep that shit away from my kids. Oh, absolutely. That's a... Why Why can we not allow kids to just be kids? Well, why is society it, trying to change that, that they have to rub it in a kid, uh, a kid's face that bloody young? Mm. Well, that's the education department. Um, and you want, to ask, you want to be asking the education department. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, private schools get funding from the government. Um, they're signing up to the, I mean, the New South Wales Department of Education is an absolute disgrace. Thank God we've got Mark Latham here in the, in the New South Wales Parliament. Um, you know, he's fantastic. And he, he, he gives them the absolute shits, uh, constantly asking questions, doing inquiries, fighting on behalf of concerned parents. Is he still One Nation? Yes, he is, yeah. yeah. Actually, I actually had lunch with him about uh, three weeks ago, four God, weeks ago. That's one bloke I'd love to have an, uh, a bloody beer with, that's for sure. Um, oh, he's funny. He's funny. We, we get along quite well, actually. Um, but he's got balls on him. 
Um, oh, he, he's, he's, got, he's he, fantastic. He always has been. Yeah, I mean, look, I didn't like him when he when he ran against Howard. I thought he was a bit of a bully boy and whatever. But I think he grew into his skin a little bit um, after that. And uh, mate, look, if you asked me back then if I was ever going to be friends with him, the answer would have been no. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I guess yeah, that's no, um, we, we, the, he. He's one of the um, not so many cases of uh, people switching sides. Well, I think his values his values have always been the same, um, and you know, I think it's the old Reagan thing where you know I didn't leave the Democrats; the Democrats left me. I think Labor just kept shifting to the left. In fact, it's quite funny because when we had lunch um, the other day, we were talking about history, and I said, "I mean, you've been involved with the party for a long time, Labor Party. At what point did you do you think the shift changed? I mean, because I mean, my family was very Labor too. You, you know, my family." Um, in in South Australia, we come from a very long line of Labor supporters. I was the I was the, the turncoat. If anything, I went the other way. Um, and my uncle used to call me the white sheep of the family. And he was the I mean he got a honorary life membership to the bloody Labor Party. Um, but Latham said he goes it was at the ninety four convention, Labor convention or whatever they called it, um, where they basically introduced um, quotas. Where and Keating got up and everyone was dancing on tables and and whatever, and they basically said that Labor is now going to have quotas in in the party to make sure that there's an equal representation of women, and uh, you know we're no longer going to be a meritocracy. And he said that was the beginning of the end. He said I started seeing it shift at that point, um, and uh, he said you know I tried to turn it around, but you know they wouldn't have it. They wouldn't have it. It just went woke um, from about '94 onwards. Yeah, right. Which is interesting. Mm. Yes, it's uh, very interesting. I mean, yeah, I'm fasc- it's it's fascinating the the way that things just change. I just yeah, so much has happened in the last few years that uh, we can sit here all night and talk about it. But I know one thing that you're definitely really keen to touch on, and um, I believe you know you're doing a little bit of work on it. I'll be honest, I don't have much understanding about it, but um, give us a bit of a rundown on The Voice because all I know is that they're trying to implement something which we already have. Um, And from the way that I'm reading it and the way that I'm understanding it, um, it's going to cause further and bigger divisions here in in an already broken Australia. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about Keen. Um, I'm actually trying to avoid the topic myself, given how much uh, um, I have to talk about it during the day. Um, it, it's uh, the voice is uh, a, a referendum um, uh, to effectively alter the constitution um, to recognise not only recognise uh, Indigenous Australians, but also give them. A representative body, which is embedded in the nation's birth certificate, to make representations not only to the parliament but also to the executive, which is you know, the government of the day, on all matters that concern Aboriginals. Um, and uh, in order for it to pass, the, the prime minister needs um, a majority of Australians in a majority of states. Uh, now, referendums ninety percent of the time fail in Australia. 
Uh, I think we've only ever had seven successful ones. And three of them, I think, were under Whitlam. I'm not sure. I forget now. Um, but I don't think this is going to get up. Um, and I think the reason for it is because there's no detail around it. And I think they're trying to guilt Australians into voting for it. Um, and it's not going to work. And I think the government and specifically Albo has misread the electorate. I think both sides of parliament um, are misreading the electorate at the moment. I don't think they understand who their voter bases are anymore. Um, and I think that's ref- that's reflected in the, the when you look at the primary vote of both the major parties at the last election. I think Labor got just under 33% and Liberal just under 37, um, uh, 36 point something. Um, that's an absolute atrocity. And the fact that Labor's actually ruling with 33% of the vote is... It's just beyond well, me. I've never obviously seen that. that's because of the that. that's because of the green vote lifting as well. Um, yeah, but, but they're mis- they're misreading the temperature, mate. People didn't vote for Albanese; they didn't want him. They just they, they did. and the fact that I mean, no one wanted a Morrison. Fuck with you know they got we, we got rid of him in a hurry after what he did to the country with COVID. Um, but I think Albanese is misreading the electorate on this one, and uh, I think it's going to fall flat on its face, and we're going to waste a hundred million bucks. I'm not that, and that's what that's what it's going to cost to actually build the elect to actually do the referendum. I'm itself, still trying to the, figure out what Albanese has achieved in his one year as prime minister. I still don't know. Well, mate, he's achieved about as much as what Morrison achieved, uh, which is three tenths of fuck all. Yeah, um, but you know, I mean, we haven't had you know good, the, we haven't the, had good leadership since Howard. Yeah, exactly. But the the one thing that I'm um, really intrigued about is that. On the no side, we have high-profile um, Indigenous Australians that are actually campaigning. No, like you know, well because because look another look the thing is this thing is fraught with danger and it's, and it's not going to help the people that they're saying it's going to help. You know, we spend billions and billions of dollars. I think it's forty-three billion dollars a year on Aboriginal programs, um, something like that. I forget the exact number. Um, every year, um, and we're still no closer to closing the gap. What putting this this very expensive referendum um, to, to 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 create this this body uh, that's going to you know make and when you look at the way they've worded it, make representations to the parliament and to the government on all matters concerning Aborigines. Mate, foreign policy concerns Aborigines. They're citizens of Australia. Everything that happens in government and in Parliament, concerns the Aboriginal people, just like it concerns me and you. Mm. Now, I don't, I don't have an issue with uh, a preamble under Section 9 of the Constitution, as John Howard um, suggested with Tony Abbott, that says something, and uh, don't quote me exactly, but I think it's Australia has a, an Indigenous past, a, a, a British settlement and a migrant character, something like that. Just to, just, just to acknowledge that, you know, they were the first Australians. That's what the original um, referendum was supposed to be under the Howard era, right? And, and I think most people support that. There's no real problem with that. Um, but to create a body of unelected people, which is effectively a third chamber of, of parliament, um, you know, to make representations so they can have an opinion on policy... I mean, it's hard enough to get anything approved in in, 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 in Canberra as it is. 
what are we going to do? We're going to have to wait for this Aboriginal body now to sit there and have a corroboree every time we, we want to pass some sort of legislation that they can argue has an effect on the Aboriginal people. And then what happens if they don't listen to them? This is, and this is where the danger comes into it. You know, they, they could challenge it in the High Court. The High Court is there to interpret the Constitution. That is what the High Court does, right? Yeah, so if right. they write this very loose, very loose amendment to the Constitution, right, there could very well be a lawyer's picnic every time the voice body doesn't like uh, whatever the government or the opposition is doing on a particular bill uh, and they want to make representations and they want to make sure that their voice is heard, you know, it's going to get held up in the high court, potentially. Mm. Now, that's what a lot of legal experts are saying, you know. And the thing is, people, uh, they're not stupid. There's no detail around this. And, you know, they're trying to get this thing approved on the vibe, you know, very, you know, like the castle. Yeah. Um, you know, it's Marbo, it's the vibe, it's whatever. And you're a good person if you if you vote yes, and you're a racist if you vote no. Well, no. No is not the N-word. Not in this country. Right? And I think a lot of people, I think, I think that, you know, the polls are certainly showing that the yes vote is losing. And I think it's going to lose by considerably more than what the polls are saying. I think there's people lying to pollsters the same way that they lied to pollsters at the last election and certainly the same way they lied to pollsters in the United States when they asked them, do you support Donald Trump? Most Trump supporters say no. Yeah, right. That's why he's never ahead in the polls, right? And there is only, if you look at, um, uh, there's a little beaver with a bow tie, uh, runs a, poll, a polling company called Trafalgar. He's the only one that said Trump was going to win in 2016. Um and it's because of the way he was asking the questions. It's like he was asking people, not how are you going to vote? How are your, How do you think your neighbours are going to vote? And that uh-huh. was actually telling them the correct answer. And as a result, he turned around and he said, yep, Trump will win Pennsylvania, he'll win Wisconsin, he'll win Michigan, blah, blah, blah. And he did. Um, and it's the same thing here. A lot of people have had enough of being tormented. They've had enough of being ridiculed and berated for their political views, just like you. You can't have an opinion, as you say. Um, and so when someone rings them up and says, you know, are you going to vote for the voice? Yeah, probably. But when they go into that polling booth and no one's looking, they're going to vote no. Oh, Certainly in Queensland, South Australia and Western Australia, I reckon. Oh, and I look, think I New think South Queensland, Wales is a sleeper. Queensland by far is um, a very uh, conservative state. Um, and I think South Australia is not that far behind. Sydney, uh, New South Wales and Victoria are probably the most uh, left-wing states, in my opinion. No, look, Victoria is. I think New South Wales is a sleeper. I think New South Wales will end up voting no on this. Don't underestimate. See, you've got to remember as well, 50% of Australia is now uh, of a migrant character. So 50% of Australia is either born overseas or has a parent who was born overseas. Yeah. Right? And... A lot of those people come from Greece, Italy, Lebanon, Syria, uh, Vietnam, India. You know, you know, India. Yeah, all very conservative places, culturally conservative places. Um, people that were, uh, you know, made fun of, ridiculed, 
in uh, the, the early days of their settlement here oh, in yep, Australia yep. over the last 50 years. And people that are very proud of their own heritage and feel sorry for the Aboriginals, but at the same time don't feel guilty, right? They don't have the white guilt because as a Greek, right, I mean, I've got mates that are Aboriginal. Warren Mundine is a very good friend of mine, right? One of the people you speak of, um, you know, who's, who's leading the no campaign. Um, and we get along like a house on fire. But I don't feel guilty for what happened to his people. Because while there was other white people here killing off Aborigines 100 years ago, my family was back in Greece being killed by Turks. Mm. So the, the issue is that they're trying to put this guilt and this shame on the electorate to guilt them into voting yes for this thing, right? Where 50% of the country's looking and going, don't look at us. We didn't do it. We just got here. Yeah, yeah. So they're misreading the electorate in a big way. Um, and that's why I don't think it's going to get up. And there's a lot of those immigrants in New South Wales, especially Western Sydney. Oh, good old Blacktown. Oh, and the rest of them. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's just interesting. It, it, the the cover, the the current government of the day just always tries to push, uh, you know, what they want onto the people. But the people aren't that stupid. The people definitely no, no, are not, not stupid. No, no, you know, you, you're a, you're a fool if you miss if you if you underestimate uh, the voter, especially the Australian voter. Um, Australians are pretty streetwise. They're not stupid. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, they can smell bullshit a mile away. In the old days, they used to call it as well. You know, up to 10, 10 15 years ago, we used to call bullshit when we saw it. We're too afraid to do that now. And I'm, I, I miss that Australia. I really do. Yeah, that's, um, it. that's exactly what I mentioned earlier. Like, you know, 10 years ago, I could be in my workplace and I could, you know, perk up and talk my own opinion and say it as it is and all that. And I'd have no... No one giving me backlash or no one telling me they'd, they'd fight with me on their opinion and we'd have a, a really good, healthy argument on something or whatever the topic of the day was. Whereas now, I have to walk on eggshells around my workplace because if I say the wrong thing that I believe is right and the department or the workplace doesn't think it's right, I'm easily going to be marched out the door. Probably. Yeah. Yep. And it's only going to get worse, mate. You, you mentioned that right at the outset. You know, I'm not on Facebook. That wasn't a public post that got me booted off. That was a private message. I sent a private message to someone about the efficacy of the vaccine, um, and um, Facebook said that I'd posted content that was um, against their community standards because I questioned the efficacy of the vaccine. There's uh... and I continue and I continue to do so. Yeah. And and look where the look look what this uh, vaccine has done to us uh, here in Australia. All those people that Mate. were banned from going to work lost their livelihood because they refused to take this vaccine, only for now to come out uh, the government coming out saying, you know what, it wasn't really effective anyway. Oh yeah, and and don't worry, it's going to get a lot worse. Um, I'm waiting for the next. No, I forget the next pandemic. Now, this we're not, we're not, they're not going to need it. There's going to be enough people dying from this vaccine that they won't actually need to do another pandemic. Trust me on this. this I think that the what you're going to find now and the evidence that is coming out, I read some statistics the other day. I was horrified. Um, but basically, 
twenty uh, percent. The, the statistics I was reading coming out of the um, same science journals that supported uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, um, uh, and and you know basically everyone that's told a, that stuck to that particular story. Um, the, the, the evidence that's coming out of Europe now uh, is actually scary as hell. Basically, anyone that's had three or more of these particular shots, um, 20% of those people may not have a life expectancy of longer than five years. Wow. Three or more. Three or more. Wow. Now, that, who knows if that's true or not, but it would not surprise me. And, and the fact that, you know, um, I, the, go- the, the government has got a lot to answer for. Not just our government, but governments all no, over the worldwide. world. No, worldwide. Worldwide. The, the bloody, the who is uh, the one to answer, um, you know, most of the questions and why the governments have all backed onto the World Health Organization's bullshit and all the lies that they've been spinning out. But I mean, you know, again, another point. Look at how many healthy, fit athletes are just dropping dead. Oh, uh, mate, um, it's a drinking game now. Seriously, every time you know you watch uh, you watch a, a particular game or a sport, it's a drinking game. Every time someone drops dead, you do a shot. Yeah. It, it's, it's that it's it, it's that common. It's incredible. It's crazy. Um, I no, oh, look, I'm not vaccinated. I, I refuse to get it. Um, you know, I've sat it. I've sat around enough political tables and environments to know bullshit when I see it. And the minute I saw that thing come out, I looked at my wife. I said, if you get, I'm leaving. Mm. I'm telling you, don't touch that shit. There's something going on here and I don't like it. It's not a conspiracy. There's just, it makes no, I mean, you know, and the, and the, and the damage it's done to the institutions. We, the, the Therapeutic Goods Administration in Australia had an amazing reputation because of how strict we are on medicines that we allow the Australian people to take. Right, and what's available in the mate? You can get medicines in America that aren't available here. Sometimes ever, sometimes it takes an extra five or ten years for them to become available in Australia, right? Because of how strict the TGA yeah, is, yeah. and the fact that they just let that one through, you know, that that to me, I think that's <laughs> done so much damage to their credibility. That was a that um, was an order. Of course, it was an order, but from whom? Well. Who, who gave that order? Was it the same people that are giving the order to teach homosexual sex to three-year-olds? True. Just a question. You never know the answer. Yeah, exactly. No, we'll never know the answer. But, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just uh, unfortunately something that we're still living with right now. Hey, um, Damien, um, just to wrap us up, uh, give us a bit of a lowdown. Uh, you gave me some some news before you're you're into uh, well you're currently working with um something that you once worked with uh, I, I attended a couple of the shows that you did uh, in the early days and bought some oh, really big, point. some big speakers yeah. so uh, um give us a lot i mean is it is it uh, public news or can you give us yeah, a, of a rundown on, on what you're working on at the moment well, so turning points bringing out uh, donald trump jr uh, for a speaking tour, um, that was supposed to be uh, earlier this month, but the government sat on his visa and didn't issue it until 24 hours before he was ready to fly, so we had to postpone. So he's likely to come out end of September now. Uh, we'll be announcing that in the next couple of days. Excellent. So he's coming out with. Um, I'm bringing out Nigel Farage as well, the Brexit guy. Oh, geez. 
Um, Nigel, I brought out. Uh, he's been out here twice with me before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, we we get along like a house on fire. He's he's fantastic, and he's now fighting a massive battle because he's been debanked. Um, where the bank issued him, a, there's a massive case going on at the moment in the United Kingdom, where he was effectively um, uh, sent a letter from his bank saying we're closing your account. There's nothing he could have done about it. There was no numbers he could call. No one he could talk to about it. It's just you know it was over, and uh, they um, he ended up getting a copy of his file from the bank that showed that uh, it was because of his political views. <laughs> Um, and so now he's launched this massive campaign. The CEO of the banking group, Coots, uh, resigned. The CEO of NatWest that owns the bank, Coots, has resigned um, in, in disgrace. And basically, he's just scalping them all one by one. Um, so he's coming out. He's, he's coming with Don. That's going to be great. Alex Antic is on the tour with us as well. Um, and then, look, we've got some, some big names, um, hopefully for next year. Um, no, you know, we're not going to announce anything yet, but, um, uh, we, we, we've got some, um, some good speakers coming out. So, so is um, uh, Trump Jr. coming to Adelaide? No. Oh, we were going Adelaide, to, we were going always to. misses out. No, 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 no. I actually wanted him in Adelaide because, um, I promised a couple of, uh, high profile, um, friends down there, uh, no names, um, that, uh, Big fat Greek property developers. I'll let, I'll let you worry about who that might be. Um, and uh, I said that I'll bring him, and we we locked in the convention center and whatever. And then they turned around and they said, "Oh, look, we're going to have to charge you an extra fifty thousand for security, and we're going to have to do this, and we're going to have to do that." The whole thing just became unfeasible. Oh. And I said, "Look, you charge. I'm not even paying for security, extra security in Sydney. We've got one per hundred. That's plenty." And they said, no, that's not how we operate, blah, blah, blah. And in the end, it just became unfeasible, so we canned it. So we're doing a private uh, show in Sydney and then the main show in the arena in Sydney. So, yes, Adelaide unfortunately misses out once again. But that's not through uh, a lack of trying. We did try and get him to Adelaide. He did have the time for it. Um, but the convention centre, um, who was the only venue that would play in, decided to increase the uh, cost requirements for security. So, yeah, right. Oh, I might have to um, board an aeroplane and come to Sydney. Then, Can't well, miss out come on down. This one. Um, no, no, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy. I'm opening for him too, so uh, I promise you it'll be a good show. Excellent, excellent. Let's make it a boys' trip. I'm coming too. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you, we'll, we'll you're both a- welcome. Off, off. When you're off air, let me know. I'll, I'll organise some tickets for you. I'll get you some good ones because all the VIPs are sold out. Oh, nice, nice. Um, excellent, Damien. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate everything that you've spoken about tonight. Um, definitely a lot to go away with and think about. Um, you know, it's just it's good to have someone to discuss. Uh, you know, anything and everything with, yeah. especially on the political sphere. Yeah, uh, my, my pleasure, guys. Anytime. Damien, the only reason I've been quiet, mate, is because I'm blown away, mate. I, I, I don't, I don't know too much about these sort of topics, and my eyes have just like opened. So uh, he's been sitting here across the table from me, and every time you've said something, he's just, you know, okay. How do I explain it? Think of a five-year-old, and you're about to give him a lollipop, right? And his eyes just go from, you know, little Chinese eyes to fuck wow eyes, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Look, you're very kind, both of you. 
Um, <laughs> it, but that's this is seriously. Um, it's actually I've, I've forgotten more than I've ever known. To be honest, um, it's one of those situations where you know you, when you live and breathe it, it kind of comes naturally. I, I mm. you know, I sit with people when I have that reaction to you know sitting with people like Alan Jones, um, you know, Mark Latham, brains like that is just incredible. Um, and uh, you know, I think the best thing. You know, you, you kind of, from, for me, moving from Adelaide to, to Sydney, you go from being, you know, in the sort of top 10% to the bottom 10% in, in the political world very, very quickly. Mm. Um, and it's just an eye-opener. And there's so many issues that, you know, we just need to cover um, before this whole country goes to shit. So, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. No, always great talking to you. Thank you very much, Damien. And um, I'll be in touch with you soon to get a couple of those tickets, eh? No, no, please, give me a call anytime. Cheers. Thank you. Awesome. This is... This is... This is... Lokes Bit. Okay, I think I've lost Petros there for a second. Um, do, do you want to tell us why you're <laughs> pissing yourself laughing? <laughs> that is the best error I've ever seen on uh, in any podcast I've ever done. So you start talking... <laughs> And I'm looking and I can see the record button's not red. I see it green. So I thought, I point to it and you're like, you know, you shake your head at me. And I'm just like, oh, here we go. Like, um, he's not getting it. So I messaged you. And I don't know why I messaged you because I've got to just told you on the mic. Yes. But we he were actually, recording. We're sitting half a meter away from each other. And he SMSed me to tell me that I'm not recording <laughs> when he could have just told me. Oh, mate, blokes bits. Hey, um, I just wanted to touch base on your reactions, your facial reactions in that um, segment with Damo. Yep. I've never seen someone with such wide eyes. uh, I mean, it's like you were on Coke or something or even fucking ecstasy. Tell me. You were just sitting there in awe going, mate, I have no fucking idea what he's talking about. Mm. You were like the wog boy in that scene in the first movie Mm. where he's order, uh, talking about why it's important to get the extra prawns on the pizza. Hey, hey, you. Yes, you. You can have the extra prawns. And then he turns around and goes, mate, they loved it, but I have no fucking idea what I was talking about. That's exactly what your your face looked like. Mate, I'm not going to lie. Uh, maybe 99% of that I just did not understand. The only percent that I understood was when he said about COVID. And that's the only thing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, wow, that was amazing though. Just Definitely the- not the way I expected it to go. I mm. thought we'd talk a little bit more about porn and all that, but uh, little did I know that um, he no longer works mm. <laughs> in the porn industry. But again, he touched on a few things and yeah, all yeah. that. And, um, you know, yeah, wow, there's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> there is, there there's is. There's a lot of shit there going is. on. Especially for like someone like myself who, you know, I don't really um, – uh, read too much in like in politic world, let alone in, in you know in Australia, just general like what what you know those sort of just general I guess topics that these guys go out to lunch and talk about for you know seven or eight hours. Like I've never you know never been I don't know. But has that opened up your eyes yeah, a little bit yeah, more 100%. with you know the the yes and no vote that's 100%. happening at the moment? Yeah, yep. Like the voice or whatever mm. it's called. I mean, to me, when I hear the voice, I think of Channel Nine. Me and too. The, me too. Uh, four judges uh, and one singer on stage. You know, the, mm. but it's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. It's um, it's a very odd world that we're living in right now, yeah. um, and we're expected to change the constitution over something that we do not fucking understand. Yeah, even yeah. the people that are putting it up 
don't mm. understand mm. what they're putting up. So it, you know, it makes a anyway. Look, I don't really have much bloke bits. Is there anything uh, that's struck out to you this week? Uh, do you know what? Talking about blokes, um, yeah, one thing. And look, I know it's going to go back to sport, but uh, just a couple of things. Um, the first one being, did you know that David Beckham arrives every day at seven thirty? AM to uh, Miami to watch uh, Messi train. Um, I, I I just didn't even know. And the Every reason day. the reason he does that is because he still thinks that he's dreaming. So <laughs> that's pretty. That that would be a look. I mean, that would be an absolute fascination of a lifetime to have. You know, uh, a stature of Messi at, at your club, let alone you know you're you're um, you know the owner of the club and. You know, you don't believe it. So, but I have seen as well that Kim K has been making a few appearances. I think that she might fancy Messi. Um, Kimmy, just to let you know, um, I'm here in Adelaide. Um, I'm in the boardroom at the moment, and uh, you're more than welcome to come and see me do this podcast than worry about Messi, who, um, you know, is probably 10 times. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Kim K is quite. Uh, mm. Mm. How's it going? Mm. Well, what, um, do you mean, what do you mean? How are you going? As in what way? Now we're using the Australian term here. How are you going? As in, yeah, she's not a bad, juicy eh? fruit. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, my wife absolutely loves mm. loves watching that Kardashian. Keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah, that one. I watch it every. Is that what it's myself? called? Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, I know why you watch it. Yeah. For the same reason, probably other blokes watch Pornhub. But, yeah. Um, she definitely is one of one of a kind. I think her and all her sisters. Mm. Um, just have that. I don't know. What's the tall one called? Uh, Cl- uh, Chloe. The one that was uh, that had a baby without a dad. Uh, I don't know. Not the one that married the the fucking tattoo guy. No, no, no. That's the uh, other one. That's cool. there's three sisters, yeah, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, there's more. And then and then there's the two the half two, sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chloe's the oldest. Yeah. So Chloe's the oldest. Yeah. Is that the one that um, recently had a baby in yeah. like? The last yeah, ep- season yeah, or some yeah, shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one. She pisses me off. She looks like a man. Yeah. But the other two are all right. Yeah. Oh, look, Courtney and... So, wait, uh, Kimmy. Kimmy is what? The middle one? Uh, the youngest one? No, I reckon she might be older than Courtney, I reckon. Fuck, it embarrasses me that I'm mm. talking about the Kardashians. I love her. And don't they have a brother as well? Uh, yes, they do, yeah. Rob yeah, Rob yeah, Kardashian Rob. or some shit. <laughs> he's, he's the... Uh, you know the dud of uh, of uh, families? I think that, that's him. He's the dud of... But uh, he's not in the series, right? He, he was in uh, season one, two, and I reckon maybe up to season three. Um, yeah, yeah, he was in it, so... How many seasons are there? Oh, heaps, heaps. There'd have to be ten, I reckon, by now, for sure. Mm. Fuck me, Petros. And, and you know, the and most... And you watch this shit. Oh, I love it. You, you know what the best part about Kim K is? I don't understand why this bitch won't marry me because she doesn't even have to change her last name initial. It's just <laughs> going to stay the same. So, you know, what a win-win that would be for her. Um, that's the fir- that's the first part of the... Uh, the I just want- And how would your wife feel about that? Nah, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically all of this uh, has now hang ventured on, hang from... Hang on, uh, Can I ask, have mm-hmm. you ever discussed hall passes? Uh, As in... Is there someone you have discussed with your wife about if you had the opportunity, you would go for it and take it? Nah, nah. I have. Nah, oh yeah? I have. I, I know that there was a reason for this question. Tell me. No, I'm just asking. Tell me. Have you? Tell me. Okay. No, well, my wife clearly knows Yeah. that if I was to have a moment with Jennifer Aniston, yeah, right. 
there would be no wife. There would mm. just be me and Jennifer Aniston. So there'd be no wife and a life, and she's Greek, so uh, you don't even have to worry about her bap- getting baptised to marry her. Not bad. Not bad gig you got. And there you go. Jennifer Aniston wouldn't have to change her initials either, mate. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, we're up to something tonight. Smart hey, thinking, uh, hey. <laughs> what about what about this one? Uh, and uh, this was a, a pretty um, you know hot off the press topic uh, of Monday, uh, which was Buddy Franklin stepping down, um, uh, retiring uh, effectively immediately. Uh, an absolute champion of the game, the first Indigenous player to kick a thousand goals, and the last probably player to ever kick a thousand goals for the sport. But that's not what I was focusing on. What I focused on was that. Uh, 19 seasons he played football, um, span between uh, Hawthorne and Sydney. But I'm not sure if you remember, and this guy here is someone who is of a great leader and probably someone that we should look as a role model to when it comes to mental health. He had a stint of mental health where he stood, uh, took a step back from football. Uh, he had a couple of them. And uh, to come back and not give up on the sport and to go out there and kick a thousand, you know, to get that thousand mark that he wanted, um, probably, you know, he, he knew that at one stage he was very close, uh, but he was, re- um, you know, on the sideline for mental health and whatnot. Unbelievable. Like, it's just... Uh, oh, he, was, he was a champion for mental health. 100%. 100%. And I get, and I'm telling you, the, the biggest champions of mental health mm. are the people that have gone through it themselves. Mm, mm. Right? I think uh, Buddy is by far one of the best athletes mm. Australia has produced. Mm. Look, uh, uh, look, uh, and not just that as well. He he's very in a hum- way he's our he's our Australian version of LeBron. He is, yeah, he is. So uh, big <laughs> built man, yeah, and yeah. you know, just he knows how to hold his ground. He's yeah. been there for nineteen seasons. Yeah, um, yeah, and this is why I said I think that he should be a good role model to people that are thinking, you know. You know, whatever it is in your day job, that's his day job, football, uh, you know, went through mental health, but still had the ability, capacity, power, strength, whatever it was, uh, probably reached out to a couple of mates and uh, came back to uh, reach that milestone of a thousand goals. Because at one stage, it looked like he wasn't going to come back. And um, to do it, you know, against the odds is unbelievable. And he's never, you know, used anything like, you know, from social economic status or stuff like that to, um, you know, blame, you know, for this or that. He's just gone on with the job uh, and, yeah, definitely uh, put put your hand one, up for a good role one model. One thing I definitely am inspired about him mm. is that what you just said, he doesn't let external <clears throat> external stuff get to him. Mm. He's there to do a job. Yes. And he's focused on that job. Yeah. That's what I love about him. Um, oh, look, I've never been a Hawthorne mm. um, or a Sydney fan. Mm. Um, but definitely you could say that um, I, I am inspired by Buddy and um, his path. Mm. Uh, um, so it will be sad to see um, a man of his stature leave the game, mm. but, um, you know, 19 seasons in, in, in a in a AFL career mm. is huge. huge. It's huge. How, when, how many others have kicked a 1,000? Uh, there are others, but what what it is is that because the modern day game has just changed so vastly, um, and there are so many people now kicking goals and whatnot. Um, the game is so fast as well. He's just he's going to be the last to ever do it. And you know, it's a little bit sad because I thought by Buddy, you know, they're playing this week in the derby against GWS, and it would have been a great way, I think, to go out. Let alone, um, you know, the sports bet odds probably would have favoured Sydney being Buddy's last game, and Buddy would have put on a good show. Um, but 
unfortunately for him as well, he's got an ankle injury that he can't overcome. So, And they said that he won't play till next year. But, you know, uh, probably to, I don't know. To, All right. Yeah. Talking about good shows, mm. right? Another man mm. who knows how to kick a ball, mm. Texas Walker. Oh, the goat. Can I just say, mm. Saturday night mm. was the ultimate night mm-hmm. in my life mm. when it comes to um, AFL and any showdowns. Mm. I don't know what it was about this weekend showdown, but it completely, completely was the most enjoyable game I have ever watched. Mm. Uh, I don't even I don't even care about 97 98 grand finals. Mm. This here was the best show I have watched ever. And and that was probably because you guys were so backed against the wall as well. Um Port Adelaide had a full squad. Um you know and you guys had two big outs for you. And if you want to laugh and you can go and fact check this with uh, Alex Stamatopoulos. Stammer, I said to him midweek at the at, at Titans. I said to him, uh, for the Crows to win this week, Tex has to kick a minimum of six goals. And he looked at me and he goes, "Mate, what the fuck are you talking about?" And I said to him, "I, I actually think genuinely that if he stands up, he's going to be a force to reckon with on the weekend because his stature of that big body, the you know, he backs himself. And when he did that, you know, the fender around Alir uh, Alir uh, there to kick that goal, running goal out from 50, Jesus, man, the guys, are, they build it, they should build him a statue, mate. He's, you know, he's the goat of the state when it comes to kicking goals, mate. Well done to the Crows on the weekend, that's for sure, because they could have, uh, you know, uh, look, they played four quarters, which we don't always get to see with them. But not just that, they... Really went up for the challenge against the. There know, was no opportunity for the power to come back. There was no. There was yeah, but there's no. You know what the other thing is too that don't and you know because the the crows control the game so well. But let's talk about the most important thing was that there was no way that they Port Adelaide should have fucking lost last week. There is no way. They were on a zero and two run. I said after the Carlton game, they go zero and four. Nobody believed me. No, nah, they're not. The Crows won't beat them. I fucking oath the Crows will, because the Crows are closer to a premiership than Port Adelaide. Mark my words on it. Big words. Yeah, big words. But big words. but you know what? Well done. You guys stood up and got the job done. So um, now after after last week's episode. Mm. Um, I've had a lot of comments. Yeah. A lot of people going, yeah. you know, it was a pretty um, confronting yes. confronting episode last yeah. week. Yeah. Um, Stamati obviously opened up a lot yeah. about yeah. some um, personal issues mm. that um, affects a lot of people. Mm. I have a lot of people in my life who um, are unable to conceive mm. um, and also I have a lot of people um, out in the community who I know who have been in similar situations. Yeah. So it was a very confronting and I really appreciate all the comments that we've received um, mm. on on these things. Um, a lot of people also mentioned, they go, Valandi... Um, we know that you and Petros are really holding back. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? And they're like, well, I reckon you can let go, let loose a bit more and it would make your podcast go from from here. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm showing you what yeah, I'm, you yeah, know, but people yeah. can't see. Yeah. But like, you know, let's say, you know, from 90 mm. to like 150%. Yeah, right. And I'm like, geez, okay, that's a bit... Uh, well, we, we've told some full-on I'm stories. Like, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I've got... Uh, 
I've got one eye open now, you know, in case my uh, my mm. wife decides to smack the shit out of me for like you know stuff that I say on on the pod. But yeah. mind you, she loves the pod. She's every day she's messaging, going, "Yep, I'm up to this part. I can't believe you said that." Or, "Oh my god, that was mm. hilarious!" Like, fuck, okay. But hey, um, you know, it it just shows that our podcast is moving. Yeah. Um, it's going in the right direction. Yeah, we are talking about the things that are really, um, you know, making from, people yeah. feel it. Yeah, um, we're talking from the heart, and we're talking from our ass as well at mm. times. Mm. Um, but you know, it's um, it's been good. Last week was a very long episode. I'm That's, hoping yeah. tonight's not going to be that long. Um, you know, we should try to limit our episodes mm. to about mm. an hour. Mm. <laughs> That, yeah, but I guess like you know, even earlier as well, you know, you get someone who's uh, so uh, passionate about a topic, you know, uh, Damien, so passionate about the topic, and forty-five minutes goes with your eyes closed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it and does. Th- and you know, that's without us even saying you know this or that yet. So uh, yeah, full on. And uh, you know, again, what I loved about his talk was, um, you know, although he tried to you know um, link it back to men, mm. he was open and he said. I don't think in today's society that there is a difference between the men's problems and the women's problems because yeah. we're, you know, everything has just gelled in the wrong way. Yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, um, look, to finish off the podcast today, mm. again, back to sport, uh, definitely not men's sport, but Australia has just qualified to the round of 16, top of their table. Unbelievable. Of their group. Unbelievable. Um, against uh, Canada. I mean, I can't believe it. Last mm. Friday night, I was watching the game going, yeah, Thursday, I was watching going, oh, there's no fucking way these these chicks are going to progress now. Mm. And that's embarrassing for a host nation to drop to go down. Out and see him. But fuck, Sam Kerr didn't even play tonight and the mm. girls lifted. They won 4-0. Wow, wow. 4-0 against wow. Canada. The Olympic champions. Yeah, right. So congratulations, and I hope they go far. Yeah, me too. Well done to the girls and uh, representing our nation. And uh, uh, it's it's a great thing, isn't it? Um, having the World Cup at our fingertips here. Oh, as I well went to the country. game yesterday. Yeah. Uh, um, Morocco versus uh, South Korea. Mm. What a game that was! Mm. Oh, I went with my little boy. Yeah, and he loved it. He was dressed in the Aussie colours, wasn't he? He was dressed in the Aussie colours, but now he's apparently a Moroccan. Is he really? Yeah, he. Uh, I bought him a little Moroccan flag because yep. he loved the Moroccan flag. Yep. And uh, yeah, he apparently he's Moroccan now. Yeah, right. So he's been waving it around all day today. Yeah, right. Um, all right, guys, listen. Um, again, our socials, uh, two blokes in the pod, at two blokes in the pod with the word two, T-W-O, blokes in a pod, on Facebook, on Insta, and now on TikTok. TikTok. Yes. And you can also email us two blokes, two blokes in a pod at gmail.com with all your questions, um, comments, feedback. I don't care if you want to say something uh, that you don't like. Mm. Tell us. We'll read it. Tell us. We will read it. And we're going to answer it too. And we'll name you too. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we will uh, give you our live comment back. We want feedback, and I don't care how controversial it is. Yeah. You want us to be open? We will be open. Yep, agreed. Awesome. Petros, until next time. See you later.